Welcome to The Spark Effect, the most famous podcast you haven't heard of. I am your host, Wendy Durrell, bringing you stories, advice, support, and the most fascinating guests on the planet. I believe it just takes a spark to change a life. Let's do this thing. Hello, Spark Effect listeners. How are you doing? It is a really weird time on this planet right now, right? Here in New York City, things are things have gotten very intense. <laughs> we have been staying home. We've been doing, you know, pretty much isolating ourselves, keeping our distance from others. The only times we go out is to walk the dogs. The good news is the the people in the neighborhood, everybody's been really cool about the social distancing, but closer to Midtown and, and other areas, we're seeing a lot more people getting sick. So I hope wherever you are in the world that you are taking care of yourself, that you're healthy, and that you are safe. Several episodes back, I did a business episode where I brought on a panel of experts to give you guys advice on starting up a business. One of those people was Manessa, and when I talked to her originally, I really wanted to sit down and talk to her further. She has helped thousands of struggling businesses and entrepreneurs get out of the red. She Her specialty is identifying problem points and working with them to plug the holes that were creating them. She knows so much about technology. She, she, we got to talk about how the brain works um, and, and about actually her childhood and growing up. Really interesting, really smart, really fascinating person. Let's get to the interview. Manessa, welcome to The Spark Effect. Hi, hi. I am so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Me too. The last time I, we, we sort of chatted, you were on my business episode where I had a whole bunch of people come in and I really wanted to have like a, a one-on-one chat with you. So you are a woman of many hats. <laughs> all the hats. I have do, all the hats. You do a lot of things. Um, and, and I was trying to think of like the, the best way to encapsulate it is just to have you tell us, what do you do? So what I work, do is I actually work with small business owners to help them um, build successful businesses without the 24-7 hustle. And that's sort of really my entire platform is designed around how can we take a step back from the hustle and focus on the activities that truly make us successful human beings, but also successful business owners, and really cut through all the noise that has become so prevalent uh, in the whole entrepreneur, solopreneur industry. Sure. What is one of the the biggest uh, mistakes that you see solopreneurs and entrepreneurs make when they're first starting their businesses? You know, I think the biggest mistake that we all make, myself included, is that we expect too much to happen too quickly and we get frustrated uh, when it doesn't. And so we often don't give ourselves a chance to succeed. So we'll try something and if it doesn't work within, you know, a couple of days or a couple of weeks, instead of really going through experimentation and trial and error, we'll assume that, oh, it's just not working and we'll move on to the next thing and move on to the next thing. And so we find ourselves two to three years into business no further along than we started. We've been treading water for however long and without realizing that the issue is not the tools that we're using. The issue is not the people that we're working with. The issue is that we have an unrealistic expectation of how long it takes to succeed at doing something. Absolutely. I think when I first started, one of the things that I saw over and over again was like these people that seemingly had overnight success. And so it gave me very unrealistic expectations as far as business (laughs) goes, right? We also get, uh, for me, like I I was looking at your Facebook page today and I was like, oh, I'm so excited to talk to her because 
I get very overwhelmed by technology. And that's something that you help business owners with, Mm -hmm. with all of these tools and stuff. Do you find that smaller business owners end up um, overusing tools, using too many different things as far as being organized goes? We get really fixated on the shiny object. I think, you know, this is the cool thing. This is the cool thing. And so we try um, to have as many tools in our toolkit as we can without realizing that you only really need a few specialized tools. And just because something is new and shiny doesn't necessarily mean that you want to use it. So like some of the, you know, so for example, I've been using Photoshop since I was 18 years old, since it almost first came out. That's the only reason why I use Photoshop. I don't use it because it's the better tool. I don't use it because uh, it's what all the pros use. I use it because it's easier for me to use because I've been using it since I was a kid. But Canva and PicMonkey, they work just fine. They work perfectly. But oftentimes I find that if you don't, like if you're not seeing success in your business, you'll often look at, okay, is it the tool? And then you'll grab in, okay, maybe I'll try, learn how to use PicMonkey and then I'll learn how to use Photoshop because that's what all the pros use. And you turn, instead of working on the thing that you were so excited to start your business for in the first place, your entire job becomes learning new technologies. And I think that is really where we do a disservice to ourselves by forgetting that the magic in our business is us. It's not the tools that we're using. The tools that we're using are just a way to get our message out there. Definitely. We're, we're in the middle of kind of an unprecedented time. Have you found that, that your business has shifted already because of this? Revenue wise, we've been um, fairly stable. We haven't lost a lot of members in my community group um, just because I think we're priced pretty, uh, you know, we're priced for a budget shopper so Mm -hmm. that there wasn't really much reason to leave. And and my philosophy is generally let's find a way to work through things. So I think my audience sees the value in staying, you know, staying put and learning from what what we're, uh, what I have to teach right now. Um, in terms of my general day-to-day practice, that also hasn't changed a whole lot, but that has more to do with where, like the way that I grew up than, um, and like, then the fact that I have like overwhelming resilience or anything like that. It's, um, when I was a kid, I grew up in Pakistan and we had, uh, forced lockdowns pretty much, you know, very regularly. So we would, you know, we'd be locked in. And when we, when we get stuck in, it was usually because of political violence. And so like, uh, there would be riots and strikes and things like that. So basically everybody had to stay home. And if you were American um, or had light colored skin, you really wanted to stay home. Like you didn't want to leave the house back then in the early eighties. And so being trapped at home with nothing to do, it was pretty much, and, and we also, by the way, at the time we, they would turn off your water and they turn off your electricity. So now you'd be home with no electricity, no water, and basically you can't leave the house. So it was really, really, really boring. Um, but one of the things that I learned back then was that the you've got to have a routine. You have to stick with your routine, even when there was times of crisis. Um, and I think what's really funny is that I learned this lesson when I was, you know, eight, 10, 13, but I've forgotten it a lot. I've forgotten it and I've had to relearn it multiple times. And this time I've been really, really mindful of maintaining a routine for the last year or so and making sure that no matter what I'm sticking to my routine. So when this happened, initially I was like, okay, what's happening? I was feeling unstable, just like, you know, just like everybody else. But then I remembered that I had been through something very similar, you know, because when you're living in the eighties in a lockdown, that is your whole world. Like right now we're talking about the actual whole world, but it definitely feels like the whole world when you're living without the internet. 
Um, so I've been in a space where my whole world was locked down and I got through that. And how did I get through it? It was through routine. What an interesting advantage that I'm sure that you never expected <laughs> to be utilizing. Um, never. <laughs> wow. Um, how many times, how often was it where you guys put on lockdown back then? I honestly don't remember because it was so routine. That sort of, it would be kind of like saying, how often do you go to the grocery store? Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. hard to say, like it wasn't, there were periods of time where it was heavier. So uh, during the late eighties, when there was a, the Zial, um, was a, our prime, our president, prime minister was assassinated by, and then there was a coup and that was a very dangerous time. So for like 86 all the way to like 90 was pretty bad. And then you had pockets of it around because we, we were always very, very tumultuous, politically speaking. Right. What led you to um, your current business, to helping business owners and creating these different, I was looking at your website, the um, Direct to Success and op- different offers. What led you to that? Because I know you've had a lot of different jobs in the past. I have I've had a lot of jobs. My favorite one was being a bouncer. That one did not lead to me here, uh, but it is my favorite one as well. I would like to share it. Um, so it was really, I used to be in direct sales and mm-hmm. that was sort of what got me, um, actually, let me go further back. My background is in crisis management. I used to work for the Harvard hospital area. Um, so I worked in a bunch of the hospitals in that area. And I specifically worked with a lot of research investigators who they had businesses, but they weren't successful businesses. They were having trouble keeping their finances going, keeping their business going. So they would hand the business over to me in terms of the logistics and the planning and the finances. I would clean it up. And then be like, here you go. And then hand it off to somebody else who could manage it moving forward. So I was sort of like the cleanup crew. Um, some were, some worked, some didn't. But as I was in, when I went, went into direct sales, it took me a while to realize that I had transferable skills. And I think that's something that a lot of, a lot of your listeners um, may not yet have realized is that you have so many skills that you've accumulated over the years that you never think to use in your business that you're in now. And I noticed that there is a prevalence of unhealthy messages being sent to new business owners where you have to hustle, you have to work, work, work. If you, you know, uh, failure is not an option. I'm successful because I work when other people are sleeping. And it creates this belief, you know, which is compounded by our own programming as women growing up in the 80s and the 90s where you can have it all, you can do it all, and you're expected to look beautiful doing it, you know. Um, All of those things put together, I realized we were working ourselves into the ground. And one of the biggest indicators of that was that everyone that I talked to was struggling with aches and pains all over. They were having trouble sleeping. Uh, There was a lot of worry and fear about business and money. They were getting sick a lot, but they didn't know why they were feeling irritable and their relationships were suffering. And this was happening to a lot of people, myself included. And it wasn't until I started doing really significant research into stress, stress management and how hormones, the stress hormones and uh, uh, their counterparts impact who we are fundamentally as people like they, they they change who we are and how we act and when i started to realize that the lessons that we're all being taught how dangerous they are started to come to the forefront that we're basically telling people to kill themselves so that they can run a business and if you don't know any better and you see that like you were saying those overnight successes that they're like oh you know and you think oh this is how they got there you feel like that's the only way so you slowly slowly kill yourself and that is exactly what we're doing because stress is a killer um, to make, to, to be successful because we don't know any other way. So my, my goal was 
um, that I am going to show that there is a different way to do it, that you can be successful without having to work 24 seven. You can have the life that you want. You can have your cake and you can eat it too, but it requires paying attention and doing some things that might make you really uncomfortable. So there's the, the trade-off. Either you can keep doing the things that you're doing or you can be uncomfortable for a little bit and see different results later on. Sure. I, I love that you're talking about this because I had my little foray into direct sales. And one of the things that they, they that our upline <laughs> kept pushing was the hustle and the and, and the grind and showing up every day. And if you don't have the success, it's because you're not you're not working hard enough. And so I was like, I was on my laptop for like 15 hours, like just straight, just like thinking that like this was how to be successful. And it was making me sick and it was making me really stressed out and it was hurting my relationship. And it was like, this was not what I wanted when I, when I set out to like run my own business. So I love that you're talking about this. What are some of those trade-offs that people would have to make in order to um, have success, but not be like addicted to that grind? I think the first thing is you have to be honest with yourself. Like, I think that's actually, I'm in the middle of writing my book right now, which is sort of how you can, uh, how you can accomplish a successful life and a successful business without having to do the hustle. And one of the first things in it is you've got to be honest with yourself about how you're truly feeling. I think that, uh, you know, when we were, uh, when we were kids or I, you know, I had one of those, I had those toys that were painted with lead, you know, that you chew on iron, chew on the lead. I also had the, uh, the, the crib that you could stick your head in and get it stuck. Um, I had all the dangerous toys and, uh, and, uh, you know, and I got spanked growing up. All of these things happened when I was growing up. I don't not, you know, not worry about any of these things, but those are things that happened to me. And for many years I kept saying, ah, it's fine. Spank your kids, whatever. Right. I turned out just fine. And then one morning I woke up and I realized, you know what? I didn't turn out just fine. I've been in therapy for five years. I'm under stress all the time. I'm constantly worried, uh, about money. I realized I did not turn out okay. And I had to be really honest with myself. And when I realized that, okay, I did not turn out okay, but I'm working on becoming okay. That's when we start to question our behaviors and the things that we do. So being honest with yourself about how you are really feeling. So when you say, oh, my business is doing great. I love it. Which is another thing that many people will do in business because nobody wants to say I'm struggling or I feel like a failure or, you know, this sucks. Why am I doing this? Um, nobody wants to say that because they don't want other people to think like they can't do it. Oh, see, they were right. I can't do this. So we hide it. And that's why we're not willing to be honest. And you can't make any changes until you're willing to be honest with yourself um, about, about where you're actually at. And then the second thing, which I think is really important, is the recognition that you can always make a different choice, but that making a different choice is extremely uncomfortable. So when we make, uh, so when we do anything out of the ordinary or out of the routine, our body, which is our, our subconscious mind, our primal brain, our monkey brain, it is programmed to uh, automatically assess change in our routine as a threat to our lives. So you say, I'm going to use a different toothpaste, your brain says you're going to die. And so you don't want to change. And it, it sounds ridiculous, but that's exactly how the primal brain works because its only function is to keep us alive. It has, that's its purpose. So when you say, I'm going to make this change, so now I'm going to clock out at 5 p.m., no matter what happens, I'm going to clock out at 5 p.m., your primal brain says, well, you've been doing this for like 10 months and you're still alive, which means if you stop doing it, you're going to die. So it pushes that hormone out so that you will feel uncomfortable and make the same choice that you've always made, which is to continue working. If we can acknowledge, okay, this is a hormone, this is not real, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go out, I mean, technically it's real because it's a hormone, but it will pass. If you can get past those five to 10 minutes of cortisol in your system, then you're home free. 
But most of us in that one moment will feel this sense of discomfort and aversion. And so we'll be like, we'll make an excuse, but like, oh, well, you know what, today I'll just do this. And then tomorrow I will start. And that's why it's so tempting whenever you say you're going to start a new routine, I'll start it on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. I'll start it on Monday. And we say that and your primal brain is like, winner. It means, I got her it means exactly. never. <laughs> never. Monday means, it means never. never. So that's really, I think those are the two things. One is recognizing is being honest with yourself. And two is recognizing that you can make a different choice. But when you do make a different choice, your body that is not your, your subconscious brain, which has no, no real connection to your conscious brain at this moment is going to try to prevent you from doing that and accepting that that's what's happening and pushing through those five minutes anyway, do something like washing a dish. If you do anything that will, that you can start to finish in like five to 10 minutes, your body will then release dopamine. So you'll feel really good and it will counteract then the, uh, the cortisol. So now you've managed to accomplish what you were trying to, and now you feel really good because you did stop working at five and that creates the cycle that allows you to keep going in the direction that you want to go in. Ooh, I have chills. I hope all of you are listening to this. That's so good. Uh, you actually, you helped me a lot a few months ago. You, I think it was on Instagram. You had a post where, and I, I was having a day where I felt like I had, I had like nothing to say to my, to my people, to my community. And you had a post that said, do something different, go out and do something different. And it will like, it'll inspire you. It'll give you stuff. And it was so smart. And I, it, roller skating is one of those things that I've been doing that's way <laughs> different in my world. And it does give me more to talk about in this new experience. And like, the, and it translates in, it translates into business. And I think that's something that I saw a lot on your, on your different websites and stuff is that business and your, your personal life, they, they don't have to, um, be a bad marriage. Like they, they can like, they can flow together really well. What do you have coming up next for you? Oh, so right now I have a couple of things that I'm working on. I'm working on my book, which is something that I'd really like to get out within the next year. I actually wrote like a whole bunch, like probably a hundred thousand words. And that was the book that I will never publish. I was like, forget this, this thing's horrible. I'm putting it away. I'm never looking at it again. So that book is like sitting there and it's just hanging out, but it really allowed me to get sort of like all of the initial brain dump out so that now I can focus on, on the things that I want to. Um, and I think the next thing that I really want to focus on is um, really getting the strata, the training in the social strategy squad where I want it to be. I've been spending a lot of time in my premium coaching group, which is one of my favorite places to be. Uh, the Squid Army, which is what we call ourselves, is a very, very uh, giving group of women who are all they all subscribe to the same philosophy that their goal is to live a successful life now based off of their definition of success, not based off someone else's. So I have a curriculum plan for it um, that will help them get their business up and running in 10 months. So for most, most businesses, you're looking at two years, you can do it with me one-on-one in about four to six months, but it's really intense. And then if you do it sort of on your own with the guided stuff in the squad, you're looking at how the length of time it takes to gestate a baby. So that's what I use. I'm like, is the time it took you to have your child, this is how long it's going to take you to get your business going. And I think when, when you have that framework, then you don't feel so intense about every little activity you're doing because you recognize that it's, you're in it for the long haul. And that just because you wanted your baby belly to grow faster didn't mean that it did. And you just had to have patience. And I think the analogy works super well. So my book and the social strategy squad are, are, are the real big things that I'm working on uh, right now. So good. Okay. We'll have to make sure that the the listeners have links to, to all the places that they can find you. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have? Um, you know, I think that one of uh, the, the thing that I like to, to, to share the most is that your business is your, is part of your life. 
you are the only person who has to live with the consequences and the rewards of the actions that, that you take. So find a coach, whoever it is, whoever you listen to, wherever you get your information, make sure that they are people who are in alignment with your philosophies and beliefs and perspectives. Uh, I made the mistake when I first started of just going after the shiny object and the, the people that I assumed were the most successful and really tried to get, to get their attention. And though they were all great people and great coaches, we were 100% not in alignment. And it really led to me just being really depressed and feeling like a failure for a really long time because I was like, I'm not gonna be able to succeed like this. I may as well just pack up and go home. So the, the I think the real le learning lesson or that I'd love for, your, for, for our listeners to take from this is that be mindful of the content that you put in your brain because that is what is what comes out. So if you are not putting in your brain the things that will help you and nurture you and nourish you, then you're going to feel negative and bad and like a failure and your business is going to struggle because that's where everything starts. I know that many people think that, oh, no, no, give me like the concrete stuff. No, everything starts with your mindset. And when you have a strong mindset and you're supported by people around you who subscribe to your philosophies and who really have your best interests at heart, there is no, no limit to what you can achieve. Uh, so that would be the first thing that I would always recommend. Instead of looking at in Swedenborg and immediately assuming you're a failure, look to see the kind of media you're consuming. Look to see the coaches that you're following, the podcasts you're listening to, and make sure that they're really the ones that you want to have going in your brain and not ones that you kind of just picked up because somebody said it was great. And so you're like, well, I assume it's great, so I may as well listen to it. So good. So smart. And for my listeners, it, you have to go check out her Facebook page. She do, You do a weekly Facebook live, right? Mm -hmm. a week, weekly show. So yeah, much good content and advice there. Vanessa, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for being on The Spark Effect. I hope that we chat again soon. Thank you so much. This was absolutely awesome. Love it. Another big thank you to Vanessa for visiting me at The Spark Effect. I had so much fun talking to you. Please connect with her. You can find all of her links, her website, her Facebook page, all of the things in the show notes. I highly encourage you to check out her content. She is very, very smart and she can help so many of you. Everyone, stay safe, stay healthy. We're going to get through this all together. It's, uh, it's going to be rough and I don't think we're going to... I think this is going to be one of those things that nothing like this is ever going to be experienced again in our lifetime. If you need support or help, you know where to find me. If you need at-home yoga, I do have um, an online yoga retreat on my website, wendydurrell.com. All the classes are already recorded. It's totally available for you. If you need uh, support online, I have a free Facebook community called Health and Wealth Uprising. You can find all of my information on my website or most of you know how to get in touch with me. I love you guys. I will see you next time.